Welcome to Chamberlain University's MSN CourseCast. Each episode in our series will introduce and discuss key concepts from the modules in one of your courses. These episodes are intended to enhance your learning when you're on the go, so feel free to listen to them anytime and anywhere. Hi, everybody. My name is Dr. Carrie Simpson, and I am an associate professor for the Accelerated Track Program. And today we are here to discuss NR663's podcast number three, Project Planning and Management. And I would love to introduce our special guest speaker, Dr. Mariah Hockett. So, Dr. Hawkin, would you come up and introduce yourself? Yes, thank you so much for this opportunity. My professional background includes working as an acute care bedside nurse for eight years, serving as a clinical nurse leader or CNL on a 40-bed general medical unit for five years, and a variety of teaching experiences, including clinical, online, and face-to-face for various universities. I received my CNL education through Grand Valley State University in 2013 and my DNP from the University of Michigan in 2017. I'm proud to say I started as a full-time faculty member at Chamberlain University in January 2020, and I'm happy to be here today discussing project planning and management. Well, we are so happy to have you with us today. And so, Dr. Hawkett, I would love to start with just kind of an overview. So what are the components when you discuss a project planning um, opportunity? What are those components of project planning and management? Project management is crucial in today's complex organizations. Uh, The tools and techniques of project management provide an organized and structured approach by spending more time on planning, using experience from previous similar projects to reduce the risk associated with project implementation. So smaller, simpler projects may not require the tools presented. However, the project manager for these projects should be aware that such tools exist. The CNL often becomes the project manager. The project manager is the focal point of project activities, working with key stakeholders to define project requirements and organizational personnel to determine the most effective method of implementation. The five phases or components of project management include initiating, planning, executing, controlling and monitoring, and closing. So again, those those components of project planning and management um, include the tools and techniques that we'll talk about in a little while here. Um, We have the project manager, key stakeholders, um, there's meetings and and, um, times that are set up for the the team to go over the planning and to make sure the implementation is going to go as smoothly as possible. And so a lot of times, you know, people think that maybe you could do a quick fix, but that's not always the case. So why spend the time or so much time planning for a project? Yeah, so, you know, like I had just mentioned, planning is really crucial for a smooth implementation, whether you have um, something small that you're working on or a larger project. And first of all, a comprehensive assessment plan prior to the beginning of the project will lead the team to success. So project planning is critical to a project's success. It is extremely important for the project team. Without a plan, a project can become lost, aimlessly consuming resources and jeopardizing constraints. 
Efficient and effective project teams have project plans. The amount of detail in each plan and the number of components in the plan will vary depending on several factors, including project duration, complexity, and organizational adherence to a formal project management methodology. The longer the project continues, the more likely a plan will be needed due to turnover in personnel, changes in regulations or rules, and the risk level at that point in time. Thank you so much. So what is the role of a team? When you're talking about the project planning, who should be on the team and what is their role? The role of the team is to carry out the work related to the project. The team consists of people with different skill sets to carry out the work of the project. Often there's a project manager, a sponsor, change champions. Sometimes there could be a business analyst. It depends on the focus of the project and who you will want present. That's why it's very important to look at key stakeholders and, and ask those key stakeholders to be part of your project team. The team may initially produce a charter, a timeline, or use other planning tools. In terms of who should be on a team, after performing a microsystem assessment and completing a SWOT analysis, the stakeholders will be identified in relation to the project. Project stakeholder members should be asked to join the team. These stakeholders will make up the team members and should be identified by role and function, not necessarily by name. You want to identify their skill expertise. Who is the go-to person or the key informant or the technical expert? Not every unit has these people, but having a few conversations with key stakeholders will help you learn who has formal and informal leadership. Identify the key decision makers if the identified leader is not the decision maker, which sometimes can happen. Examples of key stakeholders within microsystems include bedside staff, RNs, aides or techs, unit management, unit educators, physicians, mid-level providers, pharmacists, social workers, and case managers. So what are some tools to help when you're talking about um, like looking at uh, team planning and managing a project? What are some tools that would be of value? There's a number of tools available, and I'm just going to point out a few that are frequently used. Um, one tool is the strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats, or the SWOT analysis. So a SWOT is an examination of the internal aspects that can positively or negatively impact a project or process change. The assessment is vital for successful planning and implementation of a project. In a microsystem, SWAT, the unit or service line examines known forces internal and external to the unit. Anticipating opportunities and threats are also examined. Another tool is the Plan, Do, Study Act or the PDSA cycle. It is a useful model in project management. At every step of the improvement process, PDSA cycles help focus small measures of success to lead the project team to the global aim of the improvement. Strategic goals ensure progress towards the outcome of the project. This can help the organization with deliverables that impact the function of the microsystem and move toward continuous quality improvement. So with the PDSA cycle, you're continually planning, doing, studying, and then acting. And again, you, you just repeat that PDSA cycle in many trials until you get to the success that you're looking for. 
there's also tools such as process maps, which is a visual diagram of the actual anatomy of the processes of a care in a project. You develop symbols to visually document the flow of the change. Some suggested symbols include a box as an activity step, an oval as a process, either beginning or end, and a cloud. What other visual symbols the project team uses, the visual plotted on paper offer the steps of care processes at the point of care and demonstrate visually where there are gaps or lapses in communication and completing the care process. Fishbone diagrams, run charts, and Pareto charts are additional examples. Many of these tools are part of the lean management system. Lean management is a frequently used model based on delivering value from the customer's perspective, eliminating waste, and continuously improving. As a CNL, you'll probably use lean principles frequently within your practice. Additionally, you may also use a cost analysis breakdown, schedules, budgets, charters, timelines, and a variety of other tools in the management of your projects. As you've probably noticed, there are multiple of multitude of tools available for project management and with experience you will learn which tools work best for you. Thank you Dr. Hawkins. When you talk about you know planning and developing I think of I mean planning and developing I think a key to this is communication. Can you discuss the importance of communication how often uh, and what's important during a project execution? Communication is key in the beginning of planning and implementing a project. Stakeholders involved in the project must know who the leader is for the change project and know who to go to if they have questions about the process or plan. It is also a good idea to consider appointing change champions, which can also be available should questions arise and the project leader is not available. A specific communication plan is best to develop in the planning stages with your team. Tools are available to help you develop your plan. In fact, within module eight of the Collaboration Cafe, you will be completing a communication planning tool which focuses on individual team members or stakeholders, preferred communication type, timing or how often communication will take place, and who will be the person communicating or reporting information. This type of plan can really lay things out in a very organized fashion and help us use, be a helpful reminder for you to then go back and communicate as you said you would. The type of communication will depend on the different learning styles and personalities of the team and key stakeholders. Communication types may include face-to-face, -face, emails, text message, phone interaction, meetings, conference calls, puddle boards, flyers, and posters. Whenever possible, communi communicating important details in person and not via email is best. Always check for understanding and ask questions of those on your team. Always keep an open mind for suggestions or viewpoints. Remember, communication is a two-way street, so you're not only communicating to the people on your team, but they are communicating back to you and you need to take their communication as very helpful suggestions and be open to their ideas. A great resource to learn more about the value of communication and how to communicate effectively is found in your text uh, called Initiating and Sustaining the Clinical Nurse Leader Role in Chapter 3. I would highly encourage students to read this chapter because it's just a really great resource on communication and the value of communication. Thank you so much. So now it's time to implement. How do you go about that and, and 
When do you know it's time to implement? Implementation is when you move from the planning to the actual doing. So if you have done careful planning and secured support from your stakeholders, the implementation process should go smoothly. It is important to consider as part of the plan to roll the change out at a smaller scale. For example, instead of rolling out a change hospital-wide, you may look at a particular unit where the change can be initiated to examine the results before implementing on a larger scale. Prior to implementation, you want to know exactly what work has to be done. You need to have a clear project plan for each of the team members and what they're going to do to meet the project objectives. Project scope must be clear. When you have a clear picture of all the work that needs to happen, you've communicated with stakeholders and provided necessary education, you'll be in a good position to implement your project. So what about improving sustainability? So doing that, uh, you, you now implemented, what are some tips to improve the sustainability of projects? Interconnected with project improvement is process, and a process is a set of causes and conditions that repeatedly come together in a series of steps to transfer inputs into outcomes. Standard processes offer input into data, which can be collected and measured to provide a source of improvement. So developing the skill in standardizing process is the beginning of sustaining change to improving a piece of the system. Improvement projects with focus and standardization ensure that customers, staff, and patients engage and buy into the necessary changes to improve quality, improve performance, and promote sustainability. So some specific sustainability tips include, first, start with a solid project plan as discussed previously. Engage those key stakeholders and frontline staff. Promote the use of project champions. And oftentimes I find with project champions, it's helpful to actually identify some of the nurses or frontline staff that aren't as excited about the change and you know, give them a, a part of the leadership, give them a piece of the project um, so that they're working within that project. And you'll see that oftentimes they will quickly change their viewpoint and get excited about that project because they now have some control in the project and have been asked to be involved. Communicate effectively with the team on all aspects of project management. Celebrate successes. So, you know, if you're finding even preliminarily that your change is um, is successful and you're you're getting the results that you want, you know, communicate that back to the staff and have a little celebration. Uh, maybe have some you know, unit-based competitions to see who can reach the goals first. So successes are always a fun way um, to keep that sustainability going because it shows that what people are doing is working. Continue to monitor outcomes and follow up as appropriate well after the implementation period has started. So projects are really a continuous um, process that they don't just end at implementation and sometimes you know there's there's frequent checkbacks that can go on for years to make sure that the process that you've implemented is continuing to happen. Thank you so much. So also another important piece is the role of the CNL and their part in project planning and management. And so I wanted to ask what is what is important for the role of the CNL in this process. And can you give us an example of maybe a small project you worked on in your experience as a CNL uh, that you know you work through the implementation and sustainability phases? If there's, and I know I'm asking you this 
uh, after, you know, I'd like for you to talk about the role of the CNL, but do you have any past examples that maybe just can give as far as a, a, a um, project planning and management idea for our, our CNL students? Certainly. So um, as a CNL, the CNL is an advanced clinician with a systems lens, which promotes the work of improving the working system, meaning the understanding of the system in which a CNL works leads to skillful, effective, and efficiency as they implement change aimed towards improved processes and outcomes. So naturally, CNLs are wonderful project planners and managers. National mandates emphasize the need for advanced nurses to be skilled in point-of-care clinical leadership to address critical problems in safety and quality in clinical care. And that's the neat thing that CNLs are involved in that point of care, but they're also in leadership positions. So they have they know firsthand working through those processes what works and what may not work. The CNL role focus fills the critical gaps in complex health organizations as the systems analyst and risk anticipator. This element of the role of the CNL identifies quality improvement elements to gather, analyze, and evaluate elements to promote safety and improve patient outcomes. Often the CNL is the project leader or manager in the project management process. Project management is a key skill the CNL should possess, and leading projects is a frequent CNL endeavor. So one of the larger projects that I was involved in and was the manager with is implementing multidisciplinary rounds on the unit that I worked. And because of the structure of the unit, we really wanted to do bedside rounds, but we had um, the, the rooms were sort of tight, they were semi-private, and so it was not thought at that point that we could do, you know, the bedside rounds, but that we would have, you know, a meeting room on the unit where that we would include um, the charge nurse, um, the bedside nurse, the physician, the case managers, pharmacists, social workers, and then we also had our utilization management. So there was a lot of a lot of people there um, and present at those meetings. So. We did um, some actual education days off-site with the nurses and the and different um, people involved, pharmacists. We had everyone at the table. Um, we did some teach back and had some actual um, role playing that we had people do um, during that time. So it was a pretty rigorous educational plan. Um, we also really got everyone together, got their input on what they think thought might work, what they would like to see happen, um, what would be discussed. And we actually drafted up a charter. Um, we worked on a timeline for implementation and had all of those project you know, components together. So there was a lot of planning that went into this prior to beginning. And then, you know, we had a, a lot of um, flyers and a lot of excitement that we were trying to build around kickoff for that multidisciplinary rounds to get the people and the key stakeholders excited about it. And then at the end of each of the rounds, um, we took some time to talk about what went well and what maybe could have been improved. And we documented those things so that we were continuously improving on the process and looking for how to make it better. And so this was really, again, a lot of planning and project work went into this initially, um, but it really, because it, it included so many different stakeholders and it was such a big process change that this was something that we were constantly monitoring and trying to make better and getting that stakeholder input 
um, you know, we were even reaching out to patients and patient families to see, you know, how they felt that the reach out after the rounds, you know, the physician would go to the room, you know, how they felt all of that part work. So, again, a lot of um, a lot of planning, a lot of celebrating successes, a lot of communication with uh, multiple stakeholders and that continual improvement process is so important. Thank you so much for that excellent example. And Dr. Hawkins, so happy to have you with us today to go over this for our CNL students, this process uh, for project planning. So just wanted to see if you had any final words and to also thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. I would just close with a, a quick summary that you know projects begin with an assessment of the problem. Um, frequently a root cause analysis, microsystem assessment, or other tool is used to discover the heart of the problem. Project planning is a key step in the process and several tools are available to help you map out and create a sustainable plan for your project. Team formation of key stakeholders with applicable skills is crucial in the operations through all of the steps in project management. Effective communication must occur throughout all the steps as well of the process to keep the project flowing smoothly. And the CNL is often a project leader and instrumental to the sustainability of a change project. Thank you again for having me today on this podcast. And a great resource that I would just like to mention for today's discussion is your text initiating and sustaining the CNL role. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Hawkins. Now that you've explored some important concepts related to your modules, if you have not done so already, please turn your attention to the course materials in your online course for additional application and practice of these concepts.